Wish I had what you two have. Go away, Brian. An iZombie actor is cast. The Saturn Awards announces nominees. And we discuss Exodus. This is Supergirl Radio. Supergirl Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Carly Lane. I'm Morgan Glennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are joined by Anne-Marie DeSimone from Legends of Gotham to discuss the season two episode of the show titled Exodus. And I feel like I should do this the appropriate way, Anne-Marie. I should say, what's up, Anne-Marie? What's up, Rebecca? Yeah, that's how you do it. So if you listen to Legends of Gotham, <laughs> you would understand that reference. It's it's a it's a Legends of Gotham thing. So I wanted to make sure we got that right on Supergirl Radio. But first, let's get to the news. According to EW.com, iZombie star Rahul Kohli will be guest starring in an upcoming episode of Supergirl titled Ace Reporter. He will be playing Jack Spear, a charismatic tech genius who has spent decades working on a medical innovation that will eradicate major illnesses and change the face of the world, if it works. Jack comes to National City to demonstrate his technology to members of the press, including Cara Danvers and Snapper Carr. His arrival stirs up front-page news, as well as feelings in his old flame, Lena Luther. Ooh. Okay, I feel like there's a spoiler in there. And I, I was about to say uh, I didn't realize uh, I, did, I didn't realize that until after this episode here with the members of the press thing. Yes, yeah, so I guess she's back. I guess Cara <laughs> jumps back into the uh, journalism game. Uh, so that's interesting. Well, um, Snapwatch is back on. <laughs> Snap, we thought Snapwatch was over. It's back on. Um, Emery, do you watch? I want to say I. Think you're an iZombie fan? I am a big iZombie fan, and this—that's why I saw this. I was like, "Oh, that excites me!" Because all of the actors on iZombie keep appearing on my other shows. Uh, because, well, they have nothing else to do. Because uh, CW decided uh, iZombie doesn't need to come back until April, since like last May. <sighs> so they've all bored and <laughs> appearing on all sorts of other shows. <laughs> that's cool uh well i'm i'm sorry that you have to wait so long but i'm glad that they are finding other opportunities within the network um and this this sounds really cool it sounds like he he might be a villain he might be mixed in with lena luther i think that's that's very exciting carly morgan do you have any thoughts i'm very uh, excited i love yes. him on iZombie. i have not seen <laughs> much of iZombie, but i do like him as an actor and it was cool because i guess he uh He's already there filming. He tweeted a picture from the set the other day, so that was exciting. Yeah, I am not an iZombie person. I've heard it's a good show, uh, but I'm not a zombie person. 
So uh, I don't know if anybody's really a zombie person. Maybe there are people who just <laughs> love zombies, but uh, I I th- I think uh, I'm still very excited about this because it it does come very highly recommended to me. So uh, I'm 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 very interested to see what he brings to the show. Nominations for the 43rd Saturn Awards are out, and Supergirl is nominated for Best Superhero Adaptation Television Series. Melissa Benoist is nominated for Best Actress on a Television Series. McCad Brooks is nominated for Best Supporting Actor on a Television Series. And Tyler Hecklin is nominated for Best Guest Performance on a Television Series. Yeah, that's very exciting. Uh, Supergirl's once again nominated for some Saturn Awards, so I'm glad to see even even a guest star got nominated for um, one of these awards. So congratulations to everyone who is nominated and to the show. That's super exciting. Well, let's get into our discussion of the season two episode of Supergirl titled Exodus. Here's the official description. Quote, as Alex searches for Jeremiah and Kara investigates a series of alien kidnappings, the sisters realize they must break the rules to foil a new Cadmus plot. In an effort to get Snapper Carr to run a story that would help her stop Cadmus, Carr agrees to set up an interview between Snapper and Supergirl, unquote. Uh, so this uh, had our one of our favorites, Snapper Carr, in it. Gotta get a little snaps out there. And uh, lots of stuff with the, the Danvers family, with Jeremiah Danvers and Alex and Carr. So um, a big action-packed episode. So, Anne-Marie, since you are our guest, and this is your first time on Supergirl Radio, and and the first time we get to talk to you about this show, what are your thoughts uh, about Alex's storyline, where Alex is searching for Jeremiah and dealing with the the Cadmus plot? What did you think about all that? She seemed to find him rather quickly. (laughs) She did. (laughs) I was like, um, this feels like it should be something that takes longer than 10 minutes, but... um, no, it was, I, I like the way that she was going and that the girlfriend was on her side and not against her, even though she thought she would be against her. Um, how, how did he get caught up with the Cadmus people? That is a storyline from way back in season one when uh, he gets recruited by the DEO and he sort of goes off with the DEO and then there's stuff where they think he's dead. And so then they find out that he's alive, but he's with the, these Cadmus people. So it's very, it's been uh, kind of on and off for about a year. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well then I guess it didn't take, it took them a lot longer to find him than 10 minutes. Uh <laughs> So I have a hard time separating her from other actor, actor uh, roles I've seen her in. So I was still was trying to focus on doing that yes. a little during the episode. <laughs> and it's the same name, which makes it even worse. Oh, really? Uh, Alex and Lexi. Oh, it is. <laughs> I, I never realized that. How did I not make that connection? And I watched Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. So it was like, and I, was I like, never thought of that. <laughs> right. Dang. You are not a doctor. You are not a doctor. <laughs> you did not die in a plane crash, but you almost did. Um, so, yeah, I just I, I enjoyed that she was trying to save her dad and trying to defend the family and do all of that. But shouldn't Kara have cared a little bit more, too? Because he raised her, right? Yes. So okay. there that confused me. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll kind of pose this to Carly and Morgan. Um. So last last time, you know, there was a big fight with Kara and Alex where Alex is like, you know, you might as well get out of the family if, you, if you're not caring about this, basically. I'm paraphrasing. Um, so there, mm-hmm. was, there was a little tension between the Danvers sisters previously. So 
Carly, what did you think about the the car and Alex stuff in this episode and, and how it related to Jeremiah and how they sort of, they kind of butted heads a little bit where they, Kara um, sort of agreed with Jean sidelining her. What did you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I think we saw we saw hints of that last week when the two of them butt heads over whether Jeremiah was completely honest or whether he was working for Cadmus. And I think, I think Alex is just really, she's just really emotionally tied to her dad. And so like we see that, we see that begin, we see her kind of begin to spiral, you know, after last week. And then we see her go in and she, beats up the suspect and she, you know, she's considering, and, and that's why Jean tests her because, you know, he wants to make sure that she's not going to go against her orders as technically an agent of this federal organization. And you know what I mean? Like she has, she has family loyalty, but I think she's, she's very uh, close to Jeremiah. And so anything that happens that involves him, I think like I was waiting for the scene for, for somebody to just to have that line of you're too close to this, Alex, you know, <laughs> she's just like, that's her heart and that's who she is. And I think um, car, it might be a little bit easier for car to distance herself from the situation because he's not her biological father. I mean, it doesn't, you know, I, I don't think she, I don't think she cares any less about him. I just think Alex is, she's, she's got that, like, he's her blood. And for Alex in general, I think family, she always puts family first. So sometimes, you know, not, not uh, at the expense of other things that, that, and it may not always be the best move to do that, even though, you know, she's, She's, I think at the end, she has that line with John, like, can we stop doing, was it, can we stop doing the wrong things for the right reasons or something like that? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's, I feel like that's kind of Alex in a nutshell. Like, she has really good reasons and, and they're really important and she's trying to protect the people she cares about, but she's doing things that are not good. Like, she's beating up a suspect and she's, you know, considering betraying the DEO for her dad. And so I think sometimes you do want to do the right thing, but there's, there's ways to go about it. Yeah. She might have been a little unethical and reckless in this episode. Maybe right. just, maybe just a tad, just uh, a pinch, just a pinch. Um, Morgan, what did you think about Alex uh, and her search for, for Jeremiah in this episode? Yeah, I agree. I think she was like just too close to the situation. And I think that Cara does have a little bit of distance from it because if I'm trying, if I'm remembering right, didn't Jeremiah disappear when they were like 14 or 15? Yeah, they were definitely teenagers. And didn't Cara show up when she was like 12? Like she got like maybe three or four solid Jeremiah years before he like (laughs) disappeared. So it's not that I don't think that she doesn't care. I just think that she doesn't have like the same level because she didn't really grow up with him. That makes more sense. Yeah. So I think she can kind of distance a little bit more. Okay. But Alex was a little bit off the chain uh, in that episode. (laughs) She was great. I was a really big Alex episode. I loved her in this in this one. But yeah, when she was like ready to give Jeremiah like some weapon from the DEO, I was like, how do you even know that that's what the weapon does? Alex, you're taking a lot of faith. (laughs) 
she, I was glad that it turned out to be John and he was like, come on, <laughs> I was giving you a chance. It's a trap. Although it, 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 for me, it kind of like retroactively made me more mad about the previous episode. Like when he wouldn't even like dare to like read Jeremiah's like mind, but he like played essentially like an elaborate like mental game with Alex to see whether or not <laughs> she was like loyal. It's like you're you're the rules that you put in the sand, <laughs> John, are a little weird. They're a little arbitrary. I actually thought about I, I thought about you, Morgan, during the episode because <laughs> he says Jean says something in the episode about how he can't read someone's mind, uh, and he says something about how Cadmus is shielding thoughts from him. And I was like, really? Are we going to do this again? I just feel like that's going to be like the convenient thing where it's like where it's like you know like in the old uh, the old Superman stories where Kryptonite would suddenly like it's like surprise Kryptonite. <laughs> it's going to be like I just can't read his mind. What, what, there's something shielding it. It was like, you don't have to explain every time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're I, just drawing attention to it. That's what, that's what happens when you have these all-powerful superheroes and, and somebody's got to have a weakness and, yeah, the, you have to go around some of these powers. So, so I thought that was a, a little convenient for the plot. Um, I, I would agree that I really liked Alex in this episode. She um, She was really hardcore with uh that suspect like carly mentioned i mean she was uh, I mean, she was laying it down like she was uh very physically violent with him and i i was very surprised by that but in, at the same time it made sense and um, and i i thought it was interesting that she told jean like i could stop if i wanted to like i i wasn't going to kill him and i was like really or you, you know could you i don't know you're a little crazy um, so I don't I don't know if she would have taken it to that next level, but um, I liked her determination and I liked that she had so much faith in Jeremiah. But I, I definitely thought she was <laughs> going a little bit over the edge in, in some of those instances. And, but I also thought she was really smart when she had a backup plan when she went to Cadmus by herself, which was probably not very smart. Um, but she had those bombs that she uh, en- enacted in there. And so she actually had a, a, a way to kind of. Um, bargain with them if she needed to I feel like Maggie should have gotten like a girlfriend of the year award because Alex was like will you go on this crazy journey with me and she's like sure obviously and then like later on she's like I I have to do this myself and and Maggie's like oh so you're just gonna like go into a warehouse full of like people that want to kill you by yourself now that no cool totally with you on that (laughs) Yeah, it, it didn't. That's, she was taking a lot on faith that like Alex had her like her stuff together and, and knew what she was doing. Yeah, that uh, it didn't it didn't seem to make a ton of sense. But the- I mean, never question Alex Danver as I think the the, the lesson of this episode. Yeah, she's going to do it whether you like it or not. Um, <laughs> she's she's going to go in there and take her alien gun and beat up some people. It's going to be fine. Maggie got to use the alien gun. I, I really enjoyed that. <laughs> she, Everyone loves the alien gun. <laughs> she did. It's a pretty cool gun. Very effective. Um, so, Amory, I'm curious to hear your take on Lillian Luther because we at Supergirl Radio love her. She is one of our favorite villains on the show, and okay. I was curious what what you think about her. What's what's your like initial impression with Lillian Luther um, as as the the main bad guy, the main villainess who is you know kind of manipulating the situation with the aliens and Jeremiah Danvers? What is your takeaway from her in this episode? I mean, I like that a woman is the uh, big, big bad, if you will, of this whole like massive organization of kidnapping all of the aliens and shipping them off. 
Um, she's, she seems pretty cool. So I'm kind of like, I'm interested to see a little bit more of it. Like, you may have hooked me a little bit to start watching this once in a while. Because <laughs> uh, now I'm like, well, now what happened? <laughs> so, um, no, I, 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 I'm jumping on that team. I, I, I enjoy her. Um, is her daughter on, like, is she good or bad? That's the question. Oh, that's- so that's the million dollar question. Good. I'm not alone on that. Yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of gone back and forth. Um, I, I, I want her to be evil. In the end, but there are some okay. of us on the podcast who don't want to see that, which is fine. <laughs> totally fine. She totally, she totally came off evil to me. Okay. okay. She totally came off completely, like, already on board and, like, trying to trick Kara. Mm. I like it. I could, I could be on I, board with that. Yeah, I kind of already see her as, she's like, she's playing the game mm. from, oh. like, the corporate side. That's really interesting that you mentioned that she's playing a game because Lena Luther, as we have found out this season, is very good at chess. In fact, uh-huh. she might be better at chess than Lex Luthor. So oh. that's very interesting that you mentioned that she's playing a game. So if she's really good at chess, she's really good at playing, what, like four steps ahead of the game? Mm, possibly. Which would totally fit right in with that. See, Amory, I'm glad, I'm glad you're here. This is making me. It's making me feel better about my chances she, in seeing. She didn't even listen to the episode. We like, we like pose this exact theory. We're like, hmm, maybe uh-huh. there's a reason. But yes, there was a there was a flashback scene in an earlier episode where young Lena plays chess against young Lex, and we're like, oh, uh-huh. interesting. I like yeah. that. Yeah, I, I think, Amory, I, I, I consider you to be an authority on female villainesses because Gotham has a, a plethora. Yeah, uh, Gotham has a plethora of great fem- female villains. So Supergirl's trying to catch up. We're, we're, we're trying to uh, get to the Gotham level with these female baddies. That'll take you a while. Uh, yeah, we, we have I a lot of kids. wear really tight, strange leather clothing. That's true. That's what they need. That's what they That's need on Supergirl. Like, and, and some furs. Some fur, some weird furs. <laughs> I'm sure that can be arranged. Sure. <laughs> um, Carly, what did you think about the uh, the whole Cadmus plot and and how they stopped it? It's it is funny because I did. Part of me was like, oh, Alex did get to find Jeremiah very quickly. But I did. I liked the whole sequence of events leading up to it. Like I loved, uh, I loved that Alex's strategy was basically to tail Brian. <laughs> until Cad until Cadmus tried to kidnap him and then <laughs> I want to know intervene. like I want to know like more about like his day like <laughs> I would right. just gotten like half an episode of her and Maggie tailing Brian <laughs> like he's going to the dry cleaners he's getting a sandwich going to the shady <laughs> part of town <laughs> well we d- we do know one thing about Brian um, Brian was on the phone with a guy named Bruno talking about a sure thing. And how, and he said that he wanted to put fifty down on the knights, so I th- I think he owes Bruno some money. And I'm very worried about about Brian's gambling problem. He he has a serious addiction. I think he needs to seek he help because I think he's going to get into We're some here trouble. For you, Brian. <laughs> so he's uh, always that Brian, <laughs> such a scamp, always getting into <laughs> always getting into more trouble. trouble. Um, but yeah, Carly, what were you saying about Brian and uh, Alex and Maggie? No, I just thought I was like, well, it is a pretty smart plan because you're basically tailing one of the aliens that hasn't been kidnapped yet, waiting for him to get kidnapped and then intervene so you can get, you know, 
get the, I guess, what was it that she took? Did she take like a GPS information or whatever out of the GPS info? Yeah. So that was cool. And then I, I was just, uh, all about her running through Cadmus while the explosions were going off. I was like, that is a badass moment. And I wanted to say that, uh, at the beginning of the episode, when she uses a pool cue as a weapon, it's like, come on, Alex, it's so good. <laughs> I love her so much. Stopping um, the greatest. I know. She's like standing up to Lillian Luther. And then I think Lillian has that line to Jeremiah where she says something like, oh, you know, didn't she make some comment about Alex being like Jeremiah or Jeremiah being like Alex? And Jeremiah's like, I'll take that as a compliment. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like as you should Jeremiah as you should Morgan what did you think about all the project Cadmus stuff and Alex uh, partially saving the day Kara comes in as Supergirl and and helps her out but what did you think about the Lillian Lutherness of this episode oh I loved it I thought that this one was this is probably like you know just getting a little bit into like overall thoughts but I thought this was one of the strongest episodes of the season and I definitely don't think it's a coincidence that Lillian Luther was the villain because Lillian Luther is amazing. Um, and Alex being so smart is to figure out like, oh, well, how how will I find Cadmus? I'll just track down an alien that they haven't kidnapped and uh, and save Brian, which, you know, it's like two birds, one stone. You always want to save Brian, first of all. Mm-hmm. And then you get to find Cadmus. Uh, and I thought it was it was so so great that like she put that together so fast and i really liked like she was taking none of it from lillian luther she was just like whatever bombs Uh, (laughs) and and i like that she showed that like she was so willing like lillian luther's like you're not gonna blow us all up and she was like try me (laughs) and she blew some people up like it was great like i i love like like action action hero Alex Danvers uh, is is one of my favorite Alex Danvers of the many amazing uh, facets of her character and I, I thought it was it was great that she had such a prominent role in this episode and we saw like some some of her vulnerabilities and and some of the her weak spots when she like freaked out earlier and she was like beating the guy up in the DEO and she had to get that talk from John like you're too close to it but she kind of turned it around. And even though she didn't give up when she was like supposed to like take a step back, uh, she still sort of figured out how to like find Cadmus. Uh, I thought that their like their plan to just like ship the aliens off. I mean, it wasn't great, but it wasn't as nefarious as I thought it was going to be. Like I thought it was going to go a lot darker than they went with the, with that storyline. Like, it's like, oh, God, they have the, the alien registry. What are they going to do now? And they're like, we just happen to have this ship. It's like, really? Where did you get that ship from? She's like, don't question it. <laughs> yeah, all they were going to do was ship them back where they came from. But they were just sending them home. Like, I get that they were escaping things. But, I mean, it's not like they were sending them to a deserted planet that has, like, nothing. Well, I think, like, my one of my problems is, like, the last time we saw... Lillian Luther, she was like literally um, like releasing a, like what was it like a gas or like some sort of like toxin into the atmosphere that would kill all of the aliens. And now she's like, fine, I can't kill you. I'm just going to shoot you into space. <laughs> like it, <laughs> it's like a de-escalation, not an escalation. <laughs> like she's like, my eviler plan is 
get on this chartered bus. <laughs> like, <laughs> all right. <laughs> like, it's evil, but you're 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 downgrading. <laughs> well, like, nope, I'm back. Well, that's that's true, and I think that's her goal is just to get the aliens to go away. She doesn't want them on planet Earth, so it still fits her agenda. It's just if you're looking for evil plots, this is maybe not the most evilest one. Uh, so, so I I agree. That's a that's a good point, Morgan. That the uh, the nefariousness of this was not to a level I would have anticipated, but I think. Part of that, they sort of justified it with Jeremiah being like, but I talked them out of whatever they were going to do, and I, I, I uh, bargained with them to get this lesser thing to happen so that nobody would get hurt. So I'll try to go with it, but, but I agree. It just, <laughs> yeah, that was, their, like, that was their compromise evil plot, I yeah, guess. Yeah. Like, he's like, we were workshopping it in the room, <laughs> and you should have seen some of the ideas that were coming out of those guys. <laughs> Yeah, so thank goodness for Jeremiah to uh, to downgrade the evil plot. <laughs> Could have been much worse. Um, my favorite thing about Lily and Luther in this episode was um, that she quoted uh, Friedrich Nietzsche. And I, I thought that that was very Lutherian because on Smallville, Lionel and Lex both talk about Nietzsche a lot. And Nietzsche is, always, uh, is also referenced with Clark. Um, when in the pilot, when Lana asks, asks him, um, are you man or Superman? So sometimes it's referenced with Clark and Superman as well. I think even on Superman, the animated, the animated series, Nietzsche is, uh, referred to with Superman. And that's because, uh, and I had sort of forgotten this, uh, very, uh, the specifics of this, but I knew that Jerry Siegel had, uh, been inspired by the Nietzsche Ubermensch. Um, so I had to go back and look at why. He was, and so uh, he was inspired by the Ubermensch, and so that led to the short story, The Reign of the Superman, in 1932. And that was the first Superman story, um, and in that, the Superman was actually a villain who wanted to dominate the world. So I thought that that was a really cool connection back to the origin of Superman with uh, Lillian Luther actually referencing Nietzsche, and it was very... You know, it keeps in lines with the Luthers and, and who they study. So I, I thought that that was a really nice little touch. Apparently they made some a couple references to, like, earlier Superman stuff. Because somebody, uh, somebody called out Kara's line in the last scene with Monel, where didn't she say something like Supergirl? I can't remember. But this, somebody said it was a, it was a, oh, I think it I, was an echo of a Lois and Clark, uh, I know what you're talking about. Um, yes. I find it in it's my like- notes. Uh, <laughs> she says, Supergirl is what I can do. Kara is who I am. And that's, yes. that's um, it's a Lois and Clark reference. Um, so uh, that was very fitting uh, with, for an episode that had Dean Cain in it. Right. And the fact that Lillian Luther tells Jeremiah, you're the only Superman we need. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> I laugh. I did chuckle at that one, especially in an episode where we got not just Dean Kane, but Terry Hatcher at the end. Like, come on. I really do hope they get a scene together, even though I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. What? <laughs> See, I totally disagree. So and close. And we're going to, we're going to go on the record for this because I know Carly is very famous for predicting plot lines on the show. <laughs> um, one, I think that we, we'll kind of maybe talk about um with the terry hatcher reveal but i'm gonna say that they're gonna have a scene 
Um, that's um, I don't know okay. if we want to put a bet on that, but I think that I think that will happen. I think we'll get a Terry Hatcher Dean Kane scene. I feel like Brian is rubbing off on this podcast. You're like trying to bet now, like <laughs> you want to put some money on. <laughs> Call Bruno. Yeah, um, I'm not I'm not going to put fifty on it, Bruno. But um, we can we, we can bargain on you know negotiate some prices. Um, but yeah, I'm willing to put some kind of bet. I don't know if the listeners want to pick what we should bet on. But I, but I think uh, I think that would be um, would be silly if they didn't have a scene like that. I would I know. Be, I would Horribly be very disappointed so to not have the two of them together, Even right? Just in passing. Yes, they have to be on set and film something together. I agree, and um, I guess since we're talking about it, and since it was related to the project cadmus and the alien storyline i guess we should go ahead and talk about the terry hatcher reveal because that happened at the very ep- end of the episode and i i felt so stupid because sometimes i guess i uh gloss over the credits and i totally missed that their names were in there and so when the episode aired and i was like oh i didn't expect terry hatcher to be in this episode it was a very nice surprise so Amory, what were your thoughts about seeing um not only terry hatcher but Hercules at the end, what, what did you think about those guest appearances? Okay, so it was all a big surprise to me because, you know, I'm in my bubble. Um, so that, But it was neat just because they're, like, it seems like all of the Superman, Supergirl sort of shows and movies all tend to have, the, if you've ever been on one, you're going to be on another one, guest appearing. So I thought that was neat. I must have completely missed what was going on, though, because that's how I am. Sorry. So explain to me what happened. Well, it's it was uh, a news report that we had gotten a couple of weeks ago that uh, that she was going to be appearing as some kind of villain, but we didn't know who. Um, so now um, there, there's there seems to be a very clear cut or a, a reasoning for it. But I, I'm going to ask Carly what she thinks is up with the Terry Hatcher and the uh, the, the Hercules <laughs> reveal. Who, who what do you think that is all about? Anybody who watched the promo for next, the next episode got spoiled, basically, because they revealed, like, all kinds of stuff. So I didn't know if you wanted to wait till the spoiler section or not, because I think it, but the musical is going to air before that, right? It's, it's confusing, because since it's a two-part musical crossover, I think they're doing, like, a, I, I think they're doing, like, a full Supergirl episode. Okay. And then, I think... Well, see, we're getting into spoiler territory, but I I, <laughs> but I think I think that Terry Hatcher is going to play a prominent part in the next episode. So I, d- yes. I don't I don't know which p- portion of the two part crossover she's going to be more heavily involved in, but I would assume it would be the Supergirl episode, which would be the next episode. Yeah, well, they had the promo that aired right after Monday night's episode spoiled a lot like right off the bat. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, it basically, it basically proved my earlier theory, uh, which apparently our listeners have informed me that everyone figured out, but I want it, I want it on the record that I, that my theory about Monel's true heritage has been 10 episodes in the making. <laughs> Cause I, I, I had that nailed down. I had that nailed down from the episode where he we got the flashback to Daxum. Yeah, yeah. you called that immediately. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that was very early on. And I remember being like, well, 
oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> so I, I feel like I have egg on my face. But uh, as, as per the usual, Carly called it. Um, so, Morgan, what did you think about the uh, reveal with Terry Hatcher and Hercules there at the end? I was excited. I just want to see more, more Terry Hatcher on um, on Supergirl. I'm not as familiar with Kevin Sorbo, so I have, you know, I'm not as excited about Hercules. I'm sure he'll be great, but <laughs> Terry Hatcher I love, um, so I'm really excited. I think she's going to be a really good villain, um, so I'm excited to see the two of them. They're royalty, apparently, because they were called your highnesses, right? Hmm. <laughs> I wonder why that is. <laughs> I wonder what connection they could possibly have. Well, you know what? Terry Hatcher should be called your highness. That's true. I, I, I think that is just very in everyday perfect. life. <laughs> <laughs> she is queen. The the only thing I didn't like about the reveal was that I don't know. Maybe it was because I was thinking about like how would I have shot that if I was the director of the episode, and I don't know. I, I kind of felt like it was missing something. Like she turned around and it was like a medium shot, and I was like, no, you need to, you need to have like a medium shot to push into close up. I feel like you need a close-up of, of Terry Hatcher in that moment. <laughs> so I, I was a little let down. I felt like it was a little lazy with the reveal. Um, but that doesn't mean that I'm not super excited about her appearance. And I'm looking forward to what she's going to bring to the show. So uh, I, I guess we have to stay tuned for that. Um, I think we should really talk about the Kara uh, journalist Kara uh, Danvers journalist in this episode because she had a a big to do about trying to get this story out to all of the aliens so she could inform everybody about what was happening and she tried to go through Snapper Car to do it and it was not so successful. So, Amory, uh, what did you think about Kara trying to get her story out there to the public? First, let's start with how many aliens are there in this city? Because like from. <laughs> <laughs> there was like a hundred, hundred and fifty, something like that. And several hundred, yeah. Several hundred. Okay. So if they're on like this sort of registry list, is this like an you know a listserv we can just send out? A- is it is it an email list? Could we could we e blast them? <laughs> I, I feel like an e blast would have been a better way than putting it out <laughs> like an actual news article. Because it's not relevant to anyone else, which makes sense why he was like, no, no, no. We need a couple sources before we start pl- putting out all of this hubbub. Like, Send out a print mailer, you know. <laughs> like, I don't think that would have been the way to go. However, either was just block it. That's such a good point, because if they had all of their information in the registry, they probably would have had their email address. Right. If- they could have very easily done a blind e-blast. <laughs> They could have done something. To They're like, like we, we got a 50% open rate. We, we warned most people. Right. You know, any, any sort of an open rate is going to be better than nothing, which is what her blog may have actually had, except for people at work. They all read it, even though it sounded <laughs> like it was like a new thing that she had never done before. I don't know what to think about the the blog thing. Do you think it would have uh, had a big impact? I mean, even if she bought Danvers.com and she (laughs) posted a website blog, do you you think it would have had a a major impact in that it would spread? Even even if she tweeted it out, what what do you think would have happened with that? 
you have to be following the right hashtags. People have to be looking for it. You've got to have fun <laughs> on social media. You're not going to be able to hide that from your boss like you kind of sort of were trying to do. What, what's what's Kara's social media presence look like? <laughs> like, right. like she, what, what would you her, call her? An influencer, <laughs> right? What is her reach? Is her, is her reach in the thousands? Is it in the hundreds? Because this is Kara, not Supergirl. Now, if Supergirl blogs it out, that might have a better reach. But she definitely didn't do it as Supergirl. I feel like Supergirl should have just wrote it like skywriting. She, she could have. Oh, Beware. So, so much smarter. <laughs> That's a good point, though. Like, Supergirl could have her own verified Twitter account. Why the hell is <laughs> not a Supergirl blog? That would make so... She still gets her writing. I like to write. It's just me in the paper. I'm like, okay, good on you, girl. But, like, <laughs> she, that would be good. That would be her outlet. She can save people, and then she can write up the story. It's sort of like Sherlock, where he has the blog, where he writes about the, the thing. Yeah, that's a very good point. I feel like that there was a missed opportunity there. I think they're still trying to delineate Supergirl and the secret identity. So I, I kind of get why they're doing that. But just from like a logical logistics standpoint, it would make a ton of sense to me because I follow a lot of celebrities and a lot of famous people, and a lot of sports people and their verified Twitter accounts. I don't know why Supergirl couldn't have one. Um, <laughs> Carly, what, what did you think about um, Kara and her uh, journalistic uh, situation in this episode? I guess for me, it didn't really make sense why she got fired. Like, they killed the story at CACO because she couldn't verify her sources. She ended up just posting it on her own personal blog, which she's not getting paid for. So I guess I don't really understand why... Snapper would have a problem with, like, enough of a problem with it to fire her. I think it was like he was saying that she used, like, company resources. Like, she had done, I guess she had done some of the legwork for this article for CatCo. Oh. She, she, that laptop at her, at her apartment must have been, like, a CatCo uh, computer. Okay. I guess. That makes sense. Something like, uh, you know. If she used a work computer, I guess that makes sense. I like for me, I was just kind of like, well, she put it on her, she put it on her blog, like in her own Danvers.com, which someone needs to register. It does um, not. It does not exist. I was so disappointed when I went online to see if it existed, and it was nothing. I was like, no. I I, I also feel like that's a missed opportunity from the show because. Uh, 30 Rock used to do that a lot. Arrested Development used to do that a lot where they would actually mention websites on the show and then people would be like, I want to see if stopshowingoff.com is a real website. <laughs> and you would go on stopshowingoff.com and it would take you to the 30 Rock website. Uh, so I, I kind of wish danvers.com had been like a viral website that was associated with the show. Like if they actually had... This free idea, Supergirl TV show. <laughs> Uh, I, and I feel like I feel like that it would just be like a like a really simple te- like like a blog template like Car put no effort into yes. she just kind of like slapped like slapped the article and she was like okay go viral yeah. <laughs> go viral like, people read it and one of it was like, Snapper Car the other she, was really in the car. <laughs> she just looks at the post and goes go viral. <laughs> Tens of people have work. read this. That's how you work. You will it into existence. <laughs> it's always worked for me. 
I'm going to stare at the computer and go, go viral. You can go viral. <laughs> um, I, well, at the very least, they could have had it redirect to the Supergirl CW website. That's right. what a lot of, that's what a lot of shows do. If they, if they, they register the domain, but they make it, they make it, you know, go to the actual show page instead, which I think is kind of silly, but I don't know. It, I thought it was interesting though, that she, like Lena was basically kind of like, oh yeah, just, you know, just go ahead and write it on your own thing. If Snapper's not going to publish it. And then, <laughs> and then later it was just really funny to me that Monel was sitting next to her, just going, push the button. Hit publish, do it. <laughs> like she's she's basically getting egged on to do this by all of the like all of her friends. I mean, it just cracks me up. <laughs> she only has devils on her shoulders, <laughs> no angels. <laughs> look, look. It, I mean, at this point, I feel like she should just go ask Lena for a job at L Corp. So I'm like, look, you told me to do this, and I got fired. So. <laughs> Lena, I could be the official L Corp blobber. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, hey, you know what, though? It did say it did say in the future episode she's a member of the press. It didn't say she's working for CatCo. She could be working Ooh. somewhere else. Okay, and that, that brings her up a... Her blog has taken off, and now she's considered president. <laughs> Danvers.com. Danvers.com took off. Has gone viral. She has press credentials now. <laughs> well, I'm 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 still very confused about Kara's position at Catco and what they do there because it keeps <laughs> going back and forth. Like we've seen before in episodes where Kara is representing Catco magazine and they talk about magazine covers, and in this episode, Snapper makes uh, reference that Catco is the paper of record in National City, and I'm like, so does that mean they're a newspaper? I'm, yeah, I was confused about that too because I, I, I thought I would have thought it would be funny here if she was like, "I need to get this story out immediately," and they're like, "Okay, publication date is next month." <laughs> <laughs> She's like, "All right, hold on, aliens." <laughs> well, and it makes me wonder why she doesn't go and work for the National City Tribune because that's the actual newspaper in National City. So I don't know if that's another option for her. Is is that another place she can send her resume to? I don't know, but I just I just I'm still so totally confused about what Catco does. It's very possible that they have a magazine and a newspaper, and that Cara writes for both. But I just I'm I'm very. Uh, it, it seems to go back and forth all the time. Um, Morgan, what did you think about Cara and her journalistic uh, pursuits in this episode, and, and particularly with her um, interactions with our boy Snapper Car? Like, like we've been saying, I thought it was, it was funny that she thought that she could just like publish a blog and like, that's it. Everyone will see it and they'll know. It's like, honestly, like you would have probably done better, like standing on a street corner and yelling at people. Like you might've gotten more people, like more eyes on your stuff. Uh, Cause we don't, like, we don't know like if she has a following or if people are like, you know, what does Cara Danvers journalist have to say about this? Like, <laughs> as far as we know, she's like, she's like a kind of a bottom tier journalist at whatever Catco happens to be that week. <laughs> uh, <laughs> is it a newspaper? Is it a magazine? Does it have like some sort of television, a radio arm? Like who, who knows Catco? Well, we know Catco it does. We know everything. It, we do know it has a radio 
uh, station or radio shows because Leslie Willis, Livewire, uh, did some stuff for CatCo. So we do know they had a radio uh, facility. Car should have just hopped on the radio. Now, that would have been a good idea. She could have taken got it, over the... Got the aliens during drive time. <laughs> well, uh, Brian was in his car. so Exactly. It might have worked. Yeah, I, I don't think she exhausted all of her options in getting this message out to the aliens. And I, I was really confused because the... Um, so, Monel calls it the alien dive bar, which uh, was some kind of name that they associated with that, that bar. Um, so I'm still going to call it the unnamed alien bar. I guess we should call it maybe the unnamed alien dive bar now that we have the dive part of the name in there. But Kara <laughs> uh, suggests that, oh, you know, if we just tell everybody in the dive bar, it's not going to matter. It's not, you know, it's not everybody. Uh, and it's uh, it's it's not going to get the word out to all the aliens. And I, I kept thinking, well, you could put up like a flyer or something. And, and make an announcement that would at least get some of them and then they could spread it word of mouth. So yeah, I don't I don't think Carr really thought through all of her options. Yeah, I, I did I did like Snapper sort of like standing up for traditional fact checked journalism and being like, you can't just publish everything. Also, I know you're Supergirl and you can't keep using yourself as a source. <laughs> like <laughs> honestly, I would uh, I would love it if like by the end of the season we find out literally everyone in her life know, knows that she's Supergirl and like the people who who like haven't explicitly been told are just kind of humoring her and he's like you know what I'll let it go like once or twice but like this is a big story you can't use yourself as a source he's like could we fact check this against so, like I don't know a couple other things she's like but Supergirl said it <laughs> and she's real legit wink wink <laughs> Yeah, she she tells Snapper, I, I never lie. And I was like, you do all the time. You, <laughs> so you, true. You do it every day that you put those glasses on and have a secret identity. And that time that, time that Rebecca got really upset on Supergirl Radio when she tricked Cat Grant into <laughs> not knowing she was Supergirl, you lie all the time, Kara. Don't act like, like you don't. I never lie except for that one big ongoing lie, but I don't think that counts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I appreciated Snapper's. I, I think one of the thing I one of the things I really liked about Snapper in this episode was his he had standards. He was not gonna shake from it. He was not gonna bow down to Supergirl showing up in his in, in a catco office and being like, Hey, I've got the story. I don't I don't need to give you any of my sources. Um, so I liked that he had some standards and he, he followed through with it. And even if he wanted Carr to stick around, he knew he had to fire her and he had to do the, the right thing by the standards that he had already imposed upon himself. So I, I did like that about Snapper, even though we didn't get any snaps. I think no this is like, snap watch. Snap watch 2017 still on. I think this is like episode seven that he's appeared in. No snaps. Uh, even though we, we don't have the snaps, I at least appreciated his, his integrity. All right. Well, um, is there anything else that uh, anybody wanted to bring up about this episode that we didn't uh, chat about? I feel I would be remiss if I didn't mention the, uh, the Supergirl, um, Alina Luther, like, catch save that she did oh, yeah <laughs> it was too good so uh, when when she like falls off the balcony i was like oh my god i cannot believe that supergirl is gonna catch her and then like she like rises up and lena's like yeah that's right 
this is happening. <laughs> it's me. It's amazing. And then like later on, she's like, when they after she like gets rid of the bad guys, she, her ex- explanation for how she got there so fast is so deeply lame. And Lena's like, of course. Thanks, Car. I mean, Supergirl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's it's true. She says, "I was getting coffee with Car Danvers when you called." <laughs> like, really? <laughs> <laughs> we we just happened to be like right next to each other, and I handed her the phone, and we both heard you scream, and then <laughs> right, like Supergirl is going to be out in public getting coffee, just strolling around in her cape, at Starbucks, getting a bogo or a bogo macchiato, and you know, there they go. If that's the case, then Supergirl should have a Twitter account. She should have an Instagram account so that she can, you know, Instagram all of her her coffee pictures that she probably takes. Uh, I I mean, I buy it. I don't know what y'all are talking about. It seems like a legit (laughs) excuse to me. (laughs) Carly, did you have any other thoughts? Um, I will say hands down my favorite moment was Kara and Alex looking at each other through the window. And 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 Alex cheering on Kara to push the ship, you know, to stop the ship from taking off. I was like, oh, my sisters, I love you. <laughs> I thought it was a really nice moment, not just because it was a good sister moment, but also because it felt like a callback to the pilot where Supergirl saves the plane and, and Alex is looking at her through the window and then I thought that was kind of cool. It was like, oh, yeah, now Alex is on another ship and Kara is saving her again. So that's kind of and, and other people, obviously. But I just thought that was a nice little moment and it made me happy. And I cried a little bit. And then I cried again when I watched it a second time because of the feels. But oh, it, was, that was, it was. Yeah, that was my it was favorite. So great. It was so good. Yeah, I thought that moment was uh, probably my favorite bit in the episode because it was shot well it was acted very well, uh, I thought, because they didn't really say anything because they, they couldn't. I mean, mm-hmm. you kind of have to buy into the fact that, that maybe they can't hear each other through the glass. But I thought it was it was nice to see their connection, that they could non-verbally communicate with each other and be able to uh, encourage each other just, just by putting their hands onto the glass. And for me, I, th- I think that that... You know, a lot of people have been complaining about some of the romance this season and how it feels a little different. And I would agree to, uh, about that to an extent. And I think that this, that moment in particular was what the show has been missing. I think because of the romance and having Alex and Kara separated a little bit, um, we're not getting as many of those those really impactful Danvers sisters moments. And so I think the show, for me at least, is tremendously better uh, when when we get those kinds of moments. So I was glad to see that. Yeah, and I, I was going to say, I think that we've mentioned a couple times this season, like, because there's so many characters and there's so many storylines going on at the same time that it's they're having a hard time balancing it all. And I have to say, I was really impressed. Not only was this, like, maybe one of my favorite episodes of the whole season, but they actually... Almost every character, like major character, was in this episode. Like you had Snapper, you had the Catco stuff. James showed up for a hot second with his Guardian like gear. Win and and uh, his new girlfriend were in there. Maggie and Alex, even Brian the alien. <laughs> uh, so I, it's like it's not that they like they can't balance all the characters. Like it's just hard. I think you, if you're like looking at the last episode, like there was so much setup that was honestly kind of eye rolly <laughs> that was uh 
that that took us to get here. But like this episode, they balanced all the characters really well. So I'm hoping that they're starting to learn how to incorporate everyone in. Like even though it was kind of weird that we only saw James for like a minute, and then like at the end of the episode, he's just kind of nodding to to win. <laughs> I was like, okay, being a little weird, but all right. <laughs> Yeah, it was weird, but I, I actually found myself enjoying the Guardian bit in the episode, which was weird, because I really haven't enjoyed any of the Guardian stuff, but I actually kind of cheered for him during that moment, because it, it felt like he was doing something selfless for someone else, and I was like, this is what I want! This this <laughs> is what would make Guardian cool! So uh, I really think that they just need to incorporate Guardian into the DEO. I just think that he needs to be like a DEO agent or something. Because I think it, he kind of works when he's, like, working together with them. Like, it kind of makes sense. When he's, like, just off doing his own thing, it's not going to incorporate very well with the show overall. Yeah, I agree. They, they need to find a better use for him. Um, Anne-Marie, what are your overall thoughts about this episode uh, specifically? And, and what, what did you think? Did you like it? Did you not like it? Thumbs up, thumbs down? I did like it. I did. I think it was, I think it may have actually been a very good um, introduction for me to, um, to actually watching the Supergirl on a regular basis. Um, I, I like when things happen. I don't like build up episodes, build up episodes bore me. (laughs) And this, it was like, Oh look, the stuff, the stuff is happening. And, and that gets me more excited for what comes next and seeing like the fallout of her stopping the ship and all that. So, um, no, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, Carly, what are your overall thoughts about this episode? Um, thumbs up, thumbs down, two thumbs up. Uh, Honestly, I think this was probably my favorite episode in a long time. (laughs) Um, It felt like the show, it felt like the show over the last couple episodes kind of struggled with certain things, balancing characters like we've talked about. Um, And in this episode for me, really, it felt like it, this is the show kind of getting back to the things that I like most about it, which among other things are the sister relationship and finding a way to incorporate all the characters. Like I loved the opening scene in the alien dive bar with uh, James hanging out with Wynn and Lyra and then Maggie and Alex and, uh, and James getting to kick a little butt. And um, the whole, the, the car journalism storyline, I'm kind of, I'm still a little meh about, but, um, everything with Lena, all the Luthers, I'm always excited about, and uh, and I'm excited that I'm excited that Terry Hatcher and Kevin Sorbo are already showing up because I wasn't sure I wasn't sure how how late in the season they were gonna be coming on. So I'm I'm definitely excited about it. Um, but yeah, I think this this episode in particular is probably my favorite from the second half of the season. Morgan, uh, where where would you put this episode in the season of likes and dislikes? Yeah, I think it would be close to the top of my favorite, probably for the whole season, but definitely for this um, for this back half of the season so far. I just like to think they did such a good job of like balancing so many of the storylines. We got the the car and journalism stuff. We got the Cadmus stuff. We got almost all the major characters in in the in the show, and they all felt like they weren't like just being like shoved into the show. Like they all had like a purpose in the episode and, 
and we got those and it wasn't just you know like trotting out one character and like okay now he's there like trotting out the other character like we still had great alex moments it was a great alex Dan's danvers episode we had great Kara moments w- between the some of the journalism stuff that's still a little unclear like what does cat co do but uh <laughs> we had like great sister moments and, and great stuff with the fam with their family so i think this was like probably one of one of the top episodes if not my favorite so far that we've had so if they can continue this i would be very happy yeah, I thought this was uh, a tremendously good episode. I think the second half of season two has been really stellar so far. I don't think there's been an episode that I was like, oh, I hate that. Um, I think I've really enjoyed all of these episodes. And I think this one was really strong in terms of building the tension. I, I really was very nervous for like the family at the beginning of the episode. Um, the, the way that they were captured, even the stuff with Brian, like... Uh, and the stuff with Lyra, like all of the tension was very good there and the stakes felt really high. So uh, I, I thought it really kind of had me a, a little bit on the edge of my seat because I was I was worried about a lot of these characters. So I, I thought a lot of that was very good. Alex was very good in this episode. I really, I loved her like Tom Cruise run down the hallway at Cadmus. Um, I thought that was awesome. Uh, I wish I looked that cool when I ran, uh, but I, I, I don't look that cool when I run. It's, uh, it's very disappointing. I wish I had a cool run like Alex. Um, but I, I, thought, I thought the story was good. I thought the characters were good. And uh, so I, I would agree that this was a very, very excellent episode. Well, I think that's going to do it for our discussion, but let's find out what our listeners had to say about Exodus. At LRBCN. Uh, says Supergirl needed to focus back on females and family and what they are strong at. Sanvers was great. Alex was fantastic. Best episode of season two. Uh, at Danvers Co. Cara, is that you? Just kidding. That's her Twitter account. <laughs> no, I know it's not. Top but influencer. No, uh, at Danvers Co. says, everything is better when the girls are kicking ass. Danvers sisters are front and center, and Monel is barely there. A plus. <laughs> <laughs> at Young Mur- Murph Amy says, favorite season two episode. Love Danvers sisters and Lena. Really enjoyed Snapper's takes on fake news and journalistic integrity. At the Devil Jackie says, this episode brought back everything I loved about this show. The Danvers sisters scene, the best. And Les Monel loved it. <laughs> I will say for the for Mon L, the one thing that I really loved about him in this episode was the moment he walked in and he was like, Cara, I'm home and he did it in like a Ricky Ricardo voice. That was very endearing. As a fan of I Love Lucy, I, I thought that was really fun. I just enjoyed that he calls it a blob and <laughs> he's a blobber. But see, that's where I'm like, I think for me, I enjoyed him more because he was used sparingly. Like, yeah, less is more. With, with less Mon-El. is more with Monel. Like less goes a long way. And I, and when he showed up, I wasn't like, oh, like not this guy again. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like it was the it was the right amount of Monel. And I and I thought the fact that like his pronunciation of certain words that he he couldn't was that was actually kind of a funny gag. And I almost wish they had that that was something they had established earlier on because I think that would have been a funny running joke. Uh. At Jade Mercy says, everything I want in a Supergirl episode, female-centric, Danvers sister feels, badass Alex, Maggie and Alex working together and being cute. 
at Chris Fundalinski says, love the subtle camera work focusing on Alex, then their hands, then back to Alex during the Danvers sister scene. At Ready to Run Faster says, brilliant episode, best of season two. Kyler Lee is amazing. All the feels. Floriana Lima had the best one-liners. Sanvers kicking ass together. Uh, at Evil is Answer says, a much-needed episode of Supergirl. Female-centric with mega-sister feels and badass girlfriends working together. Alex is amazing. At Chia the Bard says, best episode of the season so far. The entire cast was amazing. At Jordan KWKW says, wish I had what you two have. I am Brian. We are all Brian. <laughs> Hashtag Sanverse. <laughs> <laughs> and it, the, the thing I liked about that scene specifically is that, and I was hoping, like, the, the moment when Alex and Maggie kiss and then they break apart and you see Brian, he's just kind of grinning. I was like, I hope he's not going to say something creepy. And then it, <laughs> he said the cutest. He was just like, I wish I had what you two have. It's like, oh, oh, Brian. You'll find someone, Brian. <laughs> uh, at Kyle Lucas says, best episode of the season. I missed badass Alex and the Danvers sisters dynamic. Loved Brian and Sanvers. At Mary No Lamb says, haha, Alex continued love affair with her alien gun. And now Maggie gets in on some of that alien gun action. Also, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> At Shop 23 says, blown away by episode 15, Danvers sisters, Brian. Notice <laughs> <laughs> a pattern here. Uh, At Seal Stan says, 12 step program time for Brian. That gambling keeps getting you in trouble, dude. <laughs> <laughs> At Miss Lily 99 says, Alex was on roid rage tonight. She was a beast. Thank Rao, she and Maggie saved Brian. Now my world is safe again. Excellent episode. At Kaya underscore Matsui says, I want an Alex, Maggie, and Brian show where they have a private investigation agency, kick some ass, and have gambling problems. <laughs> I would watch that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do think that they could work Brian in on a more regular basis. Like, he could totally, I think I've mentioned it before, but I would love to see him be like a confidential informant for the DEO. Because he's, he's <laughs> in those underground shady you know, groups, he's doing some shady business, it seems like. So yep. he probably knows some things and knows some people. He could give some, he could give some information to the DEO. So yeah. I think it could work. I think he could be Alex's CI. Yeah. <laughs> yes. CEO. Brian knows what's up. Uh, at Little Hope, he says, one of the best episodes this season. I honestly cannot wait for all the Brian talk on Supergirl radio. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are delivering right now. Uh, at Madtown Davidson says, what a great episode. Alex and Maggie rescuing and immediately becoming annoyed with Brian might be one of my all-time faves. Also, do you think the alien dive bar needs an X day since a terrorist attack slash abduction sign? Feels appropriate. At Mad About a Girl says, 98% amazing. The whole Monel storyline is still ridicu ridiculous, and I'm afraid there's no reveal possible that can make it better. Well, we are getting a good reveal, though. I don't know saying somebody's theory was right gonna <laughs> <laughs> keep rubbing it in i see how it is i'm very i'm actually very i'm pleasantly surprised with that one because it was a long it was a long time coming uh at Imo pangu says i was really satisfied to see alex finally benched i love her but the insubordination was killing me uh at sick of baiting says Good plot twist. Focus on the sisters. Alex kicking ass. Supergirl saving everyone. Alex and John loved it. Best episode so far. I did. I forgot. We didn't mention the Alex and John. 
scene at the end, which I really I thought was really sweet. And and when they hug, Jean's voice gets a little shaky. Oh, I, I love that it, scene. I watched it again, and I was like, "There's this moment where it's it, David Harewood acts it like Alex is getting a little teary, and then he's got this little waver in his voice, like he's trying not to get choked up." I was like, "Space Dad, I love you." <laughs> I love that Alex had like good scenes with her real dad and Space Dad. Yeah. Uh, at the post it says I would die for Alex Danvers for real though she's an incredible character MVP of the season at Patty Mello 20 says Alex is too awesome I need an Alex spinoff in my life even if it's just a web series Terry Hatcher has arrived and I'm dying at Mark HBPWM says Jean did not owe Alex that apology she was way over the line and being a liability suspension was right uh, at Big Island Brada says it was pretty sad. The writers had to push their political agenda when all we want to do is enjoy the show. Part of me felt that too. I felt like a lot of the things that they were doing were a little too on the nose for me. Felt a little preachy at times, uh, though I fully support like if you have a voice and a perspective on something and you want to write a story to uh, to communicate that. I fully support that. I think that's what writers do. Um, uh, but I, I think I would have preferred it if it was a little more balanced. Like, I think there was an episode, Welcome to Earth, way back in the beginning of season two, where they, they did a similar kind of thing where they had a political message, but it was more balanced. It showed more perspectives. And in this episode, I've, I felt like it was like one thing was the right answer, and that was the only thing that mattered. And I, for, for a, an issue that they were talking about that's so serious as, I mean, let's call it what it was. It was a, it was a message on immigration and, and those kinds of policies. And that's a very serious issue and a very big hot button thing that's going on in the world right now. So um, I, th- I think I would have preferred it if they had been more thoughtful and having different perspectives, because you can, you can have so many different perspectives and viewpoints on one issue. And it felt like they only had one. So I think that that's what bothered me about it in this episode is that I felt like I was being preached to on just one perspective. And I I kind of wish that it had been more well-rounded, if that makes any sense. I guess for me, it didn't really come across as pushing an agenda. Like it just to me, it seemed like they were drawing a parallel between the the in universe, like alien registry thing, and because the the whole thing is like this this alien registry plotline has been around since the beginning of the season, or at least very early on, and so I mean. I guess, I guess the timeliness aspect of it, like you could look, I mean, for me, that seems like mostly a coincidence. I mean, at least partly a coincidence because the registry thing like that, I mean, that has always kind of felt like a commentary on immigration and, and, and that issue. And so if there's any kind of parallel to be drawn between the Supergirl universe and like our current political climate, you know, I don't know. It just it to me it just seemed like it was kind of more of a parallel rather than them taking any kind of firm stance on it, especially because it's 
there's they're continue they're adding on to a storyline that had already been in the works. Right. Yeah, that's true because they started that mm, the the regist- the registry storyline like really early in the season, like before some of the current world issues had uh, had gotten to the point that they are now. And uh, so I think it was just more kismet than anything else that this ended up speaking so so strongly to what's going on in the world right now. But uh, I, I also think it's kind of it was kind of like Chekhov's alien registry because I remember in that episode one of the aliens was like, I don't you know we don't want this alien registry to happen mm-hmm. because then they'll have like a whole list of us and who knows right. what they'll do with that. And I remember thinking about that during this episode and being like, that alien was right, the paranoid <laughs> alien. <laughs> yeah, they're all coming to get you. Yeah, I mean, we- I, I would say they probably kind of, t- I'm sure the writers took a look at everything that's been going on recently and were like, huh, that's, you know, this is, you know, this is appropriately timed, I guess. But I don't know if they specifically set out to I, really, I don't I mean, especially because when the, when the plot was first introduced, like you said, Rebecca, they did, they did present characters that had different opinions on it. So... I don't know. I guess they maybe they also wanted to find something to work into the greater Cadmus plot too. So I, I, but I think the timing. I don't know. I don't really know that they that they timed it like on purpose to push some kind of agenda because it's something that has been. It's it's been more of like a slow burn plot in the background, at least at least from what I. That's but that's just my feeling. Well, and I think that's a good point. They they did set this up, so they they did pay it off later mm-hmm. on in the season. So it is it is a storyline that they wanted to tell, and they just now they've. It does kind of seem like a coincidence, but there were some things in some of the dialogue that seemed very one sided to me. So I I guess I just for me with with a situation like this and, and a topic like this, it's much more fascinating for me personally just to, to be able to see kind of a complete picture. Because uh, I'm, I'm always like, I'm such a nerd. Like, I try to learn about this stuff on my free time just to kind of know what's going on in the world and kind of what's happening. And so I try to get as many perspectives as I can. So I think for me, that's kind of what I was missing with it. Yeah, I mean, it's hard. <laughs> like, we talk about balancing characters. It's probably, I just don't know how you could have really spent too much time on the that's true. Like too much more time on it than what we already got. Um, so you know, it's tough. You only have forty-two minutes. <laughs> That's so true. Very you true. can't really, you can't really get, you can't dive too deeply into it. And I think we did sort of get it when the when the registry plot was first introduced, with people kind of taking, you know, different stances on it existing in the first place. So it's, but it's hard. There was a lot going on, so it might have been difficult to. And who knows that, you know, there's always scenes that get cut. So there's probably, there could be stuff out there where there was longer dialogue and people discussing it. Right. Uh, at Coffin Roman says this episode was everything. Supergirl is always at its best when focused on its female characters. At Charlotte Ebel says all around great episode. It seemed like every character and pairing had their moments plus great action scenes. At Rantasma one says, I now know two famous screams, the Wilhelm scream and the Kara Zor-El scream. 
I prefer Kara's as it denotes determination, not fear. Yeah, the Wil- the Wilhelm scream is a little more comedic in effect now. After after you hear it once in a movie, you hear it every other time it's been used, and it's kind of it's funny to me now. Uh, at debits me says I can honestly say for me it was the best episode of the season so far. Um, and we have an email from Susan who asks, how does the show fix it in a way that doesn't alienate either of the core audiences? The fans who love the mythology and superhero genre and the fans who find the most interesting thing to be the character development of the strong female hero who just happens to be an alien superhero. I mean, I feel like this this week's episode did the best job of balancing the mythology and the character development. I think in the past there's been episodes that have kind of, to me have felt like they've leaned very heavily in one direction over another. Um, you know, the, the CWification, if you will, where uh, there's character development and there's relationship development, but not quite as much development in the way of like the Supergirl mythos. Um, but to me, it felt like, Exodus did a good job of, of balancing both. Yeah, I would agree with that because there was a lot of mythology in the show in terms of Project Cadmus and uh, the Luthers and uh, some of the storylines that they've set up all throughout the season. So the mythology was in the, the episode, but they, they focused on the characters. They had a lot of stuff with Alex and she was kind of the, the main focus in, in dealing with Jeremiah and Cadmus. And so you had somebody that you could go with throughout the episode like you were following at least I felt like I was following Alex while she was going through this and then you have that really great emotional beat between Supergirl and Alex there at the end and so when you have those emotional uh, the the emotional core to the episode I think is what marries all of that together so I, I think for me I think that's probably what's been missing because it, it this this episode did feel a lot different uh, 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 very differently from the rest of the episodes that we've seen so far. Well, and we have an email from Greg who asks, quote, does anyone actually believe that Lena still does not know that Car and Supergirl are the same person? Car <laughs> saved Lena a little too fast during her phone call with her for her not to become suspicious. Here is my prediction. Around the time Lena turns fully bad, she will purposely expose Kara to kryptonite to prove that she knows she is Supergirl, unquote. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, so, Morgan, what are, your, what are your thoughts on this? Because I know you're a big Lena fan. Um, do, do, a, do you think that Lena knows? And B, uh, what do you think would happen if she, if she did know? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I do suspect that she does know not not as heavily as I as I believe in my bones that Cat Grant knows <laughs> but <laughs> because obviously cat, hashtag Cat Grant knows but um, <laughs> but it does it does kind of seem like some of the ways that she plays the scenes does leave me to believe that she's kind of just humoring Kara she's like oh yeah of course you were just <laughs> with Supergirl uh, <laughs> so I could I could totally see that as her having like a very heavy suspicion that that car and supergirl are the same person and I, I think that's a really interesting prediction about you know you know if if lena turns fully bad or or when she turns fully bad like exposing her to kryptonite like i feel like that's a very luther thing to do be mm-hmm. like hmm let's what well if you're if you're not you would you can hold this ball of kryptonite and she's like oh no <laughs> Yeah, I think a, a betrayal of some sort would have to happen first. I think something would need to 
push her to that level of exposing her to kryptonite. Yeah, and I and I hope that if if they do go to like the the bad Lena place, they don't do it this season because I just feel like she hasn't really been in enough of this season for and there to be a huge impact. Like we see that they're going out for like like a little like lunch date to go get whatever food that they're going to go get and like the implication is that they hang out sometimes but we don't ever see it on screen like we see it very rarely so i feel like if she suddenly like flipped and like went evil like the emotional impact on kara would they it wouldn't be as earned as if maybe it like happens like next season or the season after yeah i agree i think it needs to uh i think they need to be closer as friends for that to to really have an effect and can someone hit me to what the fermentation was was that what they were talking about they were going to go to a fermentation place and so, i don't i don't i don't guess we have that maybe we do have those uh where i am but i don't know about them so does anybody can anybody fill me in on what that is yes they were they were uh well they they talk about kombucha yeah, yeah I know is, what that is, yeah. Yeah, so, so I think they were just going to a place where you could try different types of kombucha. Okay. <laughs> that was a new thing for me. Supergirl yeah, taught me something. I, I never heard of it, but it cracked me up because, not the kombucha part, but the there's the fermentation places, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I totally think, I totally think Lena knows that Kara is Supergirl because Kara has or Supergirl has the line that she's getting coffee with Kara Danvers and Lena just goes that was lucky <laughs> <laughs> like, she doesn't buy it for a second I think she's I think she knows and there's been a couple of times where she's like could you tell Supergirl or <laughs> or she'll be like you know uh, she'll tell Supergirl like Kara Danvers is such a great friend and, and Supergirl's like yeah she is like <laughs> It's just so odd. Like it just seems like she's she uses whichever one is happens to be closer to like pa- like air quotes pass a message to the other one. Like mm-hmm. she's like, oh, car, could you tell Supergirl because you are Supergirl? <laughs> uh, Mary wrote in to share her thoughts about Kara being fired from Kako. She writes, Kako was such a huge part of season one and Kara's development, but in season two, it feels like they decided to just drop that part of Kara's life so they could focus on all the new characters. Plus, it was such a big deal last season and early in this season that Kara's job at Kako was what connected her to being human. Even if this is just a mid-season arc and Kara gets her job back by the finale, I'm still disappointed that Kara's arc with Kako was neglected so much and that this is such a small arc in relation to everything that has been happening. I think she's going to need a new job. Because, yeah. because she says, when, when she and Monel are talking, she says, maybe being Supergirl and having you is enough. And I, I just, I thought, I was like, no, you need a job. You need to pay the bills. Like, you have a really nice <laughs> apartment. You can't just... That was, like, my immediate thought, too. I was like, but how are you going to pay for your apartment? I mean, maybe it's, maybe it's already somehow paid off. Maybe, like, she had a mortgage on it and it's paid off. I don't know. But I, I was just thinking she's she's going to need another source of income. I mean, maybe she has a source of income from the DEO. And maybe that can keep her around. And mon has a little bit of a job at the dive bar, but... I don't know. I, I don't think we've seen the last journalist, Kara, because I, I think she's going to need to pay her bills. Uh, we have an email from Bailey who writes, 
Uh, that Danvers sister scene was everything. This is what the show has been so sorely missing lately. I think this may have been my favorite episode of the season. And that scene where Alex believes in Kara and Kara stops the ship. That is definitely my favorite scene of the entire series. So, so beautiful and powerful. This show is its best when it focuses on family. Alex and Kara, Alex and John, Alex and Jeremiah. Okay, okay. Yes, it was a lot of Alex this week and she was amazing. <laughs> I was just so happy to see the show get back to its roots a little tonight. Well, and we have an email from Jamie who writes, quote, In season two, the writers have seemingly peppered questions of loyalty and family ties as a point of contention. Is this leading somewhere or am I reading too much into things? For example, early in the season, Alex responds to Kara's thoughts about moving to Metropolis with her Kryptonian cousin with a piercing retort that Kara's arrival cost her a lot like her father. And just recently calling into question if Kara's loyalty lies in the family or not. On the other side, Kara has felt abandoned at times, like in the White Martian episode, or seemingly feeling on the outside looking in at the Danvers family at the end of Homecoming. Those moments that have been sort of throwaway side stories perhaps could have been a standalone storyline for an episode. What do y'all think? So, uh, Carly, do you have any thoughts on that? Do you have any um, thoughts on uh, whether or not they, they're intentionally trying to question the loyalty between Kara and Alex? I mean, I think if it was leading up to anything, it's been the last couple of weeks. I don't know if I don't know if I envision it being a longer plot. I think we kind of saw everything come to a head uh, between last week and this week, and then this week, you know, we get the moment where it seemed also like kind of a reconciliation. The moment where Kara pushes the ship, and you know, and Alex is cheering for her, like they're kind of willing to put aside their differences and disagreements so i don't know i don't know if i if i would say it's really leading anywhere anymore i think we kind of already saw the 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 i guess the climax of maybe the earlier references yeah i i agree with carly i think it's it it's sort of just kind of highlighting that there's always going to be tension. Like, I think in every relationship, there's always some kind of tension. I think that for, for Kara and Alex, that's the sort of family thing is always going to be a little bit of a point of contention. Like, Kara may always feel a little bit left out because, you know, she's not biologically like a Danvers. And Alex might always feel a little bit, um, a little bit like, like Kara overshadows her. And I think that's always going to be stuff that's sort of, built into their relationship i don't think it's you know i i do think for this season that probably has come to the to a head in this episode but i don't think that that's necessarily i don't think like one episode happens or a couple episodes happen and that gets cured i think it's just sort of part of their relationship overall we have an email from suara who writes this was one of the best episodes of all dc tv period it was emotionally riveting with alex's dilemma with her father Politically relevant with the theme of how we deal with immigrants and refugees, had some of the best acting and dialogue, and amazing direction. This episode felt like a culmination of various character arcs coming together in a beautiful and exciting storyline that took us through all the highs and lows. This was especially evident in Kara's scene saving the aliens and Alex, and the lows showed to us at the end. I'm absolutely blown away by how incredible this show is. A-plus episode in my book. P.S. Lena is the best. And oh my God, Terry Hatcher! <laughs> <laughs> that was basically how I, I felt about the <laughs> the ending. Uh, so I would agree with that. 
And uh, before we wrap up our feedback, we have an update from Guardian. This is Guardian. And you're right. I have been missing in action. I've been missing because I've been investigating Cadmus. And I've discovered some unsettling news. Lillian Luther is attempting to start a war between the aliens and humans. I don't know how she's going to do it, but I believe that she's going to manipulate aliens into fighting humans and sparking an intergalactic war in which Supergirl and the DEO are going to have to try to stop. And I'm not going to be able to take Cadmus down alone. I'm going to need the help from Supergirl, the DEO, Alex, Wynn, John Jones, and yes, maybe even mon But it's not going to just take us. We're also going to need you guys' help. Keep on making those podcasts. Guardian out. And we have some lightning round questions <laughs> from our listeners because they know we love them. <laughs> Yay, uh, lightning round. <laughs> all right. Uh, this one is from Mary. Monel for Legion of Superheroes or Legends of Tomorrow? Rebecca, go first. <laughs> uh, Legion of Superheroes. Morgan? Legends of Tomorrow. Anne Marie? Legions of Tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> the best of all worlds. Best of all, Legions of Tomorrow. I'm going to say Legion of Superheroes. Uh, and we also have two from our friend Comicer Girl. Uh, first one is season one DEO base or season two DEO base? Rebecca? Season two. Morgan? Season two. Anne Marie? <laughs> I don't know if you saw season the season one version of the DEO or not. I, I actually did, but I'm going to go two. I'm also going to say two. Uh, and then the last lightning round question Streaky or Comet? So, so Amory, I don't know how I don't know how familiar you are with the super pets. Uh, Streaky is a super powered cat, and Comet is a super powered horse. So, those are your options. Oh, you want me to go first, Streaky? Okay, Rebecca. Streaky. Morgan. I gotta hold it down for Comet. I was on Supergirl Power Hour, and Comet is a weird character. So, Comet all the way. <laughs> I will go Streaky. Yeah, I would like to see how they they work Comet the Super Horse into Supergirl. I think they could do it. It's not impossible. I just appreciate that he always has like a little cape on. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for all of our listener feedback. Thanks for everybody who wrote in and called in and tweeted us. And Anne-Marie, thank you so much for coming to talk uh, about Supergirl with us. This was a delight and an honor to have you on Supergirl Radio. How can listeners find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at AMDSimone, or you can find me at Legends of Gotham. We will be back to our regular episodes once Gotham finally returns on April 25th or 24th. And you can check out all of my other podcasts and blogging stuff. I am not as viral as Danvers.com, but uh, <laughs> UniverseBox.com. I wouldn't sell yourself short. I we don't we don't know her statistics, her website stats. We don't know her clout score. Um, well, and I would uh, just like to take a second to recommend Legends of Gotham. Very great podcast. If you're a fan of Gotham, uh, Bill and Amory do a very, very good job of there. One of my fa- personal favorite podcasts. 
Um, and if you would like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. You can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. You can listen to us on Google Play and iHeartRadio. And we have become a literal Supergirl Radio on Spotify, so check out our playlist there. I think I need to update with that uh, that song at the very beginning of this week's episode that the uh, the family of three was jamming out to in the car. They seemed like they were having a lot of fun. Um, and we are also listed on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com forward slash dc-fans. We are available on iTunes and Stitcher, so if you have time, we encourage you to give us a rating and write a review. Thanks to Travi Baby, who left us a review on iTunes. And we're a part of the DCTV Podcast Network, so if you also like Gotham, Arrow, <laughs> <laughs> The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, iZombie, DC Films, and classic DC TV shows, subscribe to our DCTV Podcast mega feed and follow at dctv podcast on twitter and like dctv podcast on facebook well done nailed uh, it <laughs> hashtag nailed it uh you can follow me on twitter at derby kid that's d-e-r-b-y-k-i-d i'm also on instagram at the derby kid t-h-e-d-e-r-b-y-k-i-d and you can find videos of mine over at youtube.com forward slash duck milk prod that's d-u-c-k-m-i-l-k-p-r-o-d you can follow me on Twitter at my name, Carly Lane. Uh, I am writing over at Nerdist and Sci-Fi Wire. And if you're on Tumblr, I am sometimes sporadically on Tumblr. I've gotten people following me, which I'm pretty sure are from <laughs> listening to the podcast. <laughs> that's awesome. So that's cool. I mostly just post fun gifts and pretty things. But you can follow me at Favoritings on Tumblr. And you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Mojotastic. That's M-O-J-O-T-A-S-T-I-C. I'm also one of the co-hosts of the Legends of Tomorrow podcast. Um, and I was uh, a guest on Supergirl Power Hour, uh, which just posted, I think, earlier today. Um, looking back at Lena, Lena Thorell or Lena Luther um, in the Silver Age, like the 1960 comic book version of supergirl i'll i'll say those silver silver age comic books are weird um <laughs> and uh delightful but mostly weird um so you should definitely check that out yeah it's a it's a fun episode and uh, i would agree silver age comics are they're they're definitely very different and uh, they're very, very uh, specific to a time and a place. <laughs> so there's, uh, like, there's like a whole comic where like Comet the super horse, like the criminal's plan to like lure Comet is like, here, we made you a cape out of these scraps of fabric. <laughs> and Comet's <laughs> like, oh, they seem like solid bros. <laughs> yeah, it's that, great. that sounds about right. Well, if you want to hang out for a quick spoiler section, we'll be doing that after our theme music. But until then, I'm still Rebecca Johnson. I'm still Carly Lane. And I'm still Morgan Glennon. And if you need more information about this episode, we'll be blobbing over at supergirlradio.com.
never seen a cruiser like that in my life. Be careful. Always am. Kale Mono. Prince of Daxum. This changes everything. Supergirl. All new Monday, March 20th on The CW. And we are back. And what you just heard was the audio for what's coming up on Supergirl. The next episode is called Starcrossed. The official description reads, quote, A new villain, guest star Terry Hatcher, comes to National City, putting Supergirl on high alert. Meanwhile, Wynn's girlfriend, Lyra, gets Wynn in trouble with the law. Maggie attempts to help Wynn, but old loyalties get in the way. The music meister attacks Supergirl. Uh, Amory, you have some knowledge about the music meister a little bit, right? Have you seen him in the past with uh, Batman Brave and the Bold? Yes, that was uh, one of our favorite episodes to play for the kids because they always respond to anything that involves singing or dancing. Also, NPH, and NPH makes me happy. So um, it'll be a little weird to see a character that I actually know played by somebody else, but it's Darren Chris, and he's fantastic as well, so it should be good. Uh, Carly, what are your thoughts about uh, this description? What are you most excited about? I'm surprised the description doesn't have Kevin Sorbo in it. It only says Terry Hatcher. Oh, that's right. Which I will say, if you watched, if you did actually watch the promo for the video, and this is a spoiler section, so spoilers lie let, it, let it all hang out. It basically spoiled that Monel is the Prince of Daxum, which, as we know, <laughs> I call I called. Um, I, it's, it's interesting to me too, that it seems like based on the promo, Monel's going to try and pretend like he doesn't know, you know, doesn't recognize the ship, uh, (laughs) doesn't know where it's coming from. Like he's lying to Kara, which leads me to believe that, I mean, and, 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 and based on previous information, we know Terry Hatcher's character has been described as a villain. So it definitely, it definitely for me paints that potential relationship in a new light. If a Terry Hatcher's purported to be playing a villain, B Monel's trying to lie about the fact that he doesn't know where the ship is coming from, and then you know we know based on what the show has told us so far is that Krypton and Daxum don't get along. So I wonder, I wonder if the Daxamites are, I mean, we've heard bits and pieces of, from their culture, it, it kind of as throwaways that lead me to believe that they're not so great. <laughs> like there's parts of their, there's parts of their planet that are not great, but I wonder if the parents are more evil, I guess. Yeah. That, that'll be really interesting if they are, uh, very skeptical of Kara being a Kryptonian and her involvement with their son. I think that would be that would be some tense stuff. So uh, yeah, we'll, we'll have to see what the the Daxmites bring to the table. Uh, Morgan, what's most exciting to you about this episode description? Terry Hatcher. <laughs> <laughs> Mine is a Terry Hatcher appreciation life. Yeah, I'm really I'm really excited. That uh, that we'll see more of her in the next episode. I'm interested to see what's going to happen with the Daxum and and the Monel stuff. I feel like that one maybe one of the reasons why he's been featured so prominently this season is because they've been building up to 
this storyline. So I'm kind of like, okay, like make it all worth it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think I'm most excited about Terry Hatcher getting to see more of her because I was very excited about the end of Exodus. I thought we would see her more towards the very end of the season. I was expecting her in like a finale situation, but Mm -hmm. we are getting her now, which is very exciting. Um, and I, I can't wait to see what she's, what kind of may possibly evil villainous things she's up to. Cause I, the, the female villains on the show have been awesome. So I, I hope that that trend continues with Harry Hatcher. And we should mention that this is the first part of the, uh, Supergirl flash crossover, the musical crossover that's happening. And so this will be the Supergirl episode. And then the next night on Tuesday will be the flash episode. So uh, you can put, you can potentially uh, expect some uh, cool stuff happening podcast wise uh, between Supergirl Radio and the Flash podcast. We'll we'll have more details about that uh, in in the coming days. And uh, so just wanted to remind everybody that this uh, this next week will we won't have an episode, um, but this episode will air on March twentieth. This uh, first part of the Supergirl Flash crossover. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for our spoiler section. So thanks for listening, and we'll be back with a new episode discussion next time on Supergirl Radio.